Hello, welcome to the Gospel Vanguard podcast. This is your hosts, Justin Godley and Tim Kurtz. Good evening, Tim. Hey, Justin, how's it going? The topic of this episode in particular is on the arguments that exist for God, part two. Is it possible for God to be all-powerful? What's grand design all about? And is there a practicality for God's existence? Let's take a closer look. The following clip that we're about to show you is from an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson on the existence for God. As a scientist, do you believe in God? So in the West, there's (laughs) two thirds of scientists pray to a personal God on the expectation it will intervene in their day's affairs. But I can tell you this, productive scientists do not bring their, their Bible, their scripture, their holy books into the lab because they do not mix there. So they draw a line in the sand, mm-hmm. and they do one in one place, then they worship on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, whatever is your, your religious tradition, there. So to ask whether they can coexist, the answer is yeah, is empirically yes. I didn't ask that, I asked do, you, people, do me, you believe in God? Every description of God that I've heard holds God to be uh, all powerful, very typical, and all good. And then I look around, and I see a tsunami that killed a quarter million people in Indonesia, an earthquake that killed a quarter million people in Haiti, and I see earthquakes and tornadoes and disease, childhood leukemia, and I see all of this and I say, I do not see evidence of both of those being true simultaneously. If there is a God, the God is either not all powerful or not all good. Mm, Can't be both. Good answer. So one thing that really sticks out about this is that it's often used as an argument against God's existence, which leads us into further discussion. Tim, what are your thoughts on this video? Well, I have to say his argument is not, it's nothing new. It's not some brand new out of the woodwork, you know, theology or line of logic. Uh, This has been around forever. It's almost along the lines of Immanuel Kant. Um, I hear it a lot on college campuses with the younger generation right now. You hear it a lot. If there is a God, why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? You know, isn't God supposed to be all loving, all powerful? You know, um, and that, that kind of goes along with, in our last episode, we were talking about truth and the different types of truth. Um, this is almost the way that Tyson's looking at this issue. He's looking at it from almost a pragmatist uh, view of truth which is essentially if something works, is useful, or benefits society, it must be true. Well, then you get to the question, you know, and who does it benefit? Because you'll have situations where option A could benefit group A, option B could benefit group A, but not benefit group B. It could be uh, a negative to group B. So the pragmatist view, again, it's another form of relativity that gets us back to contradictions. Uh, It contradicts logic again. Um, it may help you find a truth, but it cannot define it on its own. Um, and again, we have, the Bible talks about this, uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Uh, John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There are things as absolute truth, and we have to remember that. We always have to go back to 
what is objectively true when we're looking for answers to anything in our world, whether it's does God exist, uh, how, how, can, how can God exist when evil is, is abounds. Um, and I think that kind of just leads us into our first point, which is the modal ontological argument. Uh, this is a logical argument for God's existence using modal logic. Uh, one, one statement kind of leads into the next uh, in the form of modal logic, for those of you that know what it is. Um, for example, here is, the, here is the argument. First statement is, is it possible that God exists and is an all-powerful being? Okay. Most people will say, yes, it's possible. Because, I mean, you have the theories of multiple universes, the, the multiverse, I believe is mm-hmm. what they call it. Uh, then, okay, most people will say, yes, it's possible, very small possibility, but they'll say, yes, it's possible that God exists. Yes. Now, if it's possible for God to exist in some worlds, no, sorry, if it's possible for him to exist, he exists in some worlds. Okay, most people will agree to that. If God exists in some worlds, he exists in all worlds by nature of being God. Because he wouldn't be God if he didn't exist everywhere. Right. Because he's omnipresent. That's 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 that is God. That's the definition of excuse me. That's the definition of God. And again, most people, atheists included, I've spoken with them. They follow this logic. They don't like it, but they follow it because it's, it's logical. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, if God exists in all worlds, he exists in the actual world. Again, makes sense. Logical. If God exists in the actual world, God exists. Now, some people will look at this and say, well, that's a little bit of a jump. Not really. Again, think of what I said. God is omnipresent, omniscient. Mm-hmm. Means all-powerful, able to do all things. And even, even Tyson, in the clip we just listened to, mm-hmm. he, he agreed. If, if either God is all-powerful and not all-good, therefore we have evil, or he's all-powerful but not all-good. Either he wants to stop it and he can't, or he can stop evil, and he just doesn't want to. He doesn't feel like it. Yeah, it's like the perfect. Um, it's like a catch twenty two when you're dealing with someone who's an unbeliever of some of a sort, because they'll bring up a point and they'll say, they'll just kind of like bring up, they'll frame it the way Neil deGrasse Tyson framed it, and make mm-hmm. it seem like um, there is no logical significance to it. There is no, there is no real logical argument that could be made for it. Now, there is. There is absolutely a logical argument made for it. His argument is not logical because he's forgetting a very key, important element. It's the element of free will. Now, before we get to that, because okay. that, that's, okay, that's, that's a whole in the next point. Episode. Or no, next. That's a whole point on its own. I will get to that very okay. shortly. First, I want to get to one of the rebuttals that I have run into with modal logic. You know, if, if it's possible that God exists... If he exists in some worlds, he exists in all. If he exists in all, he exists in this world. Mm-hmm. Therefore, God exists. Okay. One of the rebuttals you'll get, or at least one of the more famous ones, is the pizza rebuttal. Okay. If it's possible for a giant pizza to exist in the sky, then it exists in some worlds. And they use the same logic, right? Right. Okay. Most people, on well, base base view, just looking at it the first time, you'll think, Oh, that's a problem. That seems to mm. work. <clears throat> and, you know, first glance, yes, it does. It does seem to work. But think about it. What's the nature of God? And what's the nature of pizza? Mm. 
definition of God. God in himself defined is omnipresent. He's always there. He's everywhere, all at once. Define pizza for me. Pizza's not everywhere all at once. Pizza mm. is it's good. I'll give it that. But it's not everywhere all at once, as much as I would like it to be. Mm. <laughs> Preach. Um, so, yes, it's, logically, it doesn't follow. Logically, for God to be God, if he is God, mm -hmm. he has to be all-powerful, omnipresent. Otherwise, we have to find another word for him because he ain't God. Right. That's not pizza. That's not block of cheese. That's not a, a giant pie. That's not the flying spaghetti monster. Yeah. Because he's not God. That's why we call him God. That's why it's, he's, God is defined. That's why he's defined the way he is. Mm. Otherwise, we'd have to call him something else. But he does bring up, uh, Tyson does bring up a good point, the logical problem of evil. You know, if God exists, why do bad things happen? That's a common question that a lot of people struggle with. I know people in my family have struggled with it. I struggled with it at one point. I was sitting there going, man, God's all-powerful. He's all good. Evil exists. Mm. Okay. Now, growing up Christian, as I did, in a Christian family, you know, I was always told, you know, it happened at the fall. That's where evil entered, entered the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in my mind, the way I was raised, that made sense. Okay, evil's out there. It wasn't until I got older and started hearing, I guess, the secular view of it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, the secular view, where people are going, okay, why doesn't God stop it? He's all good, right? He loves everyone, right? Well, of course he does. Yeah. So why, why, why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen to you, Tim? Why, why has your life turned out the way it has? Uh, my, my own cousin asked me that question. Mm. If, if God really loves you, why, why did your life turn out the way it did? Hey, we'll, we'll get to my testimony at some point on this yes. channel. But it, yes. it, it hadn't been an easy road. I'll put it that way. I mean, with the Lord's help, I made it through. But yes, thank it God was not. Yeah. I mean, Justin, your, your life probably could have turned out better than oh, it did as for well. for sure, yeah. And again, yeah. we'll talk about that for sure. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah I remember you, you bringing something like that up to me a couple of years ago when we first met. It was pretty big. That. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's not an uncommon question. You'll hear it everywhere. That's, that's one of the number one arguments is why people don't believe God exists. Well, if God existed, there wouldn't be evil in the world. Everything would be great. Yeah. Really? Wouldn't that mean that you don't have any choice in what you're doing? Mm -hmm. If everything was perfect all the time? I mean, that's the utopian dream, isn't it? Yes. That's everything yes. works all the time. Nothing wrong happens. Which is, everything's fair. Everything's yeah. just. Now, God in himself is perfect. He's right. He's righteous. He's just all the time. Never fails. Yeah, but notice, again, it's funny how that could be a, uh, kind of like a, an attack on, of the enemy is making it seem like that's something that we should try to achieve is heaven on earth through our own works. And then you see mm -hmm. how, like, essentially God, in, in a biblical sense, and we're going to get into it, but in a biblical sense, he's kind of conveying a different message and just how it's just intriguing to me to see how the enemy takes that message and twists it to make us think differently about it. Because, mm -hmm. like, what you were getting at was, like, that idea of creating a utopian on Earth, which mm -hmm. is what we want. But is it, like you said, you're asking the question, is it actually what we want? That's, like, a very interesting point that you made. Well, not necessarily is it what we want. Absolutely, it's what we want. But, well, I see, we, I see where you're going. Yeah. Is that really what we want? Do we want the steps that would make that possible? Right. Do we want the consequences that essentially or potentially come with, yes. with that? Yes, yes. Um, 
And, you know, people will point to, I've heard people point to Genesis at the end of creation. The Lord saw it, and it was good. Mm. Well, look around. It ain't good no more. <laughs> it's exactly. Not. Yes, that was, and that was the beginning part of it. Yes, yeah. at the beginning it was fine. It was perfect. Everything worked the way it was supposed to. Um, not anymore. Now we have natural disasters. We have hurricanes, we have tornadoes, earthquakes. We've got, I mean, death, uh, disease, sickness. It's the result of the fall. It is a result of original sin. Nothing works the way it's supposed to. So that, that's the point, the, the, the logical problem of evil there. Uh, evil exists in the world. Therefore, God is either all good but not all powerful, or God is all powerful and not all good. He doesn't want to stop it. Or there is no all good or powerful, all powerful God. And that's the conclusion that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has come to. There is no God because there's evil. Well, as I stated before, do we want the consequences of a perfect world where nothing wrong happens. Well, essentially that would mean that we don't have, we wouldn't be able to make decisions that would be morally incorrect. We would be essentially flesh-covered robots. Mm. But we're not. We have, we have the opportunity to make the choice we want. We have free will. The Lord gave us free will. He did not want people to simply worship and praise him because we had to because we didn't have a choice. That's all we were able to do. Mm. He wanted a relationship with people that wanted to love him, wanted to give him praise, wanted to serve him, which is much more intimate yes. than just having you know an army of minions that does whatever you want. Uh, the, the philosopher Plantiga came up with the free will defense, which is essentially, uh, it goes, a world with beings who do not have free will is not, a, is not as beneficial as one where they do. Uh, the evil argument is no longer accepted anywhere in philosophy because of this argument. His argument was essentially, would it be more beneficial for people to not have free will and only be able to do what was right? Or would it be more beneficial to have everyone do what they wanted and have the option of doing moral wrong and moral right? Because if there's no option to do moral right and moral wrong, there's no sense of having a distinction between the two because you would never have to make that distinction. Mm -hmm. Everything would be right all the time. But in order for things to be right, you have to have the option of them being wrong as well, morally yes, wrong. Yes, yes. Now, say the Lord, you know, uh, one of the rebuttals to that is people will say, well, what if God, can't God um, intervene? Can he make bad things not happen? Absolutely. I believe we call those miracles. Right. But at the same time, he can't always do that because, again, it would take away the free will. If every time someone picked up uh, a gun to murder someone and the gun misfired every time it was for an unjust killing, would that person really have free will? Mm -hmm. Every time someone was about to beat someone with a, a knife or murder someone with a knife and that knife became rubber, would they really have the free will to do what they wanted? No. Now, the Bible does talk about evil in the world, and Jesus also mentioned it. Uh, in Luke chapter 13, verse 4, Jesus is asked about uh, a, a building that collapsed. I believe it was a tower that collapsed and killed four innocent people, um, similar to some of the tragic events that happened here. And his response was, 
along the lines of were they no more guilty had they not sinned and were they any more guilty than you were mm. and he goes no you've all sinned it's not it wasn't necessarily a punishment mm. it was a result of sin that entered the world and that things just don't go right that's exact, don't always happen correctly yes. or the way they're supposed to yes and romans chapter 8 verses 19 through 21 backs this up uh, romans chapter 8 verses 19 to 21 says uh, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjugated it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's talking about the fall. The creation, weather, earthquakes. The world was perfect when God was finished with it in Genesis. He said, he looked at it and he said, it is good. After the fall, animals, everything was subjected to that. Nothing was perfect anymore. Sin entered it, corrupted everything. And that's our biblical justification for natural events, why bad things happen to good people. Sometimes it's a direct result of human consequence, uh, decisions, it's our consequences. Other times it's just the direct result of the fall, of natural disasters. Yes, and to add to what you were saying, um, the world might not understand that because it also says in first John, it says that the world listens to, or the people of the world listen to the world, but the people of God listen to God and stuff of that nature. So in this sense, you're, you're establishing, we've got an establishment of both what the world would suggest, which is ultimately mm -hmm. like, Oh, well, there is no such thing as God because of X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying, which is no, there is a God. And these are his justifications for why chaos exists the way that it does, similar to what Neil deGrasse Tyson was saying earlier in this episode. Absolutely. Um, another argument you'll hear along these lines is how can the world have how can the world have evil if there's a God? Uh, if there's evil in the world, um, how can God create something that has the capacity to commit evil or do evil things? Or be imperfect, essentially. How can God create something that has the capacity to be imperfect if he's perfect? Uh, the line of logic would go something like this. God is perfect, therefore he cannot create imperfection. The world is imperfect, therefore God cannot exist. Again, this is rebutted by the free will argument, but let me walk you through that. In order for something to have the ability to do morally right, the human being or the animal, eh, not animal, I'm not going to go there. The human being must have the capacity to be able to choose between morally right and morally wrong. If there's no choice, then you can't make the distinction between right and wrong. Mm. It's like a pre-programmed option. You, know, well, you won't even have the option there. It's just pre-programmed to do task A. There's no, there's no B. And we talked about that last episode. You know, If there's no right, there's no wrong. You know, if it was only right, there'd be no wrong. If there was mm -hmm. only wrong, there'd be no right. Because you, you couldn't make a distinction. Because that's just the way things work. Yes, um, yes. And as I was listening, um, I did have some thoughts and questions that arose. Um, one of the which is, you know, could you elaborate more on if God exists in some worlds, he exists in all worlds? What if a skeptic were to say, that's not true. It's a matter of perspective, and it sounds subjective. 
uh, if God exists in some worlds, he exists in all worlds. Right. Um, you... the possibility, is there a possibility that God exists? I don't think you'll run into very many people that are going to say, absolutely not. Because you can't be certain. That's one of those things you can't 100% be certain of. So there's always that possibility that God exists. Um, as far as, that's not true, it's a matter of perspective, it sounds subjective. Um, I guess you could say it's subjective, but can you come up with a better theory that better explains where things come from, where everything came from? It goes along mm. the lines of, it's easy to smell a rotten egg, but it's hard to lay a better one. Right, let me give you an example. Say we are, you and I are two detectives on a murder case. And I say it's, you know, John Doe was murdered by suspect B. I say, that's the guy. And you were to go, no, I don't think that's the guy. I say, okay, well, who do you think did it? I don't know, but it's not that guy. Well, you're one hell of a detective, aren't you? <laughs> that's, that's not... That's not helping the case at all. You're pointing out that, yes, I don't believe it's that person, but you're not giving me any evidence contrary to that. Mm. So we're, it's not getting us anywhere, and it's not helpful by any means uh, on the possibility of God, the possibility of him existing. Uh, I said it before. By nature of being God, he must exist in all universes. It comes with the title, so to speak. If he does not, if he does not exist, in all universes, you'd be limited in some capacity. It wouldn't be om omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, which is the very thing we mean when we say God, you know, all-powerful, omniscient. He wouldn't be that. We'd have to find a different word for him, as I said before. Nice. Okay. Well, I have another question. Another thought that occurred to me was, what if a skeptic were to make the observation of multiverse theory and say, how could a God exist if there are potentially multiple universes? And with that, I would pretty much say the same thing that I just did. By nature of being God, he has to exist. Because, you know, all-powerful, all-present. All if he's not, if he doesn't exist in all universes, if he's not outside of time and space, like we say that that's what God would be, mm -hmm. he wouldn't be God. Right. So, by, we'd have to, again, we'd have to find a different word for him. Moving on, I'm going to give you... A real-world example on how you can use all of this, kind of pull it all together and use it against arguably one of the, I'll call them an idol of evolutionists and atheists. Stephen Hawking wrote a book that you may have heard of called The Grand Design. It was, one of, it was I think, a top seller. He's supposed to he's greatly revered in his field. He believes there's no God. He believes everything came about by natural law. Well, in his book, we'll start pulling out some of the philosophical errors he makes and his, some of his presuppositions. I will make a first statement that Hawking agrees that the universe had a beginning. There's some common ground already. He agrees it had a beginning. and He's not one of these people that thinks that the world has always existed. I think science is large, largely getting away from that because there's evidence that there was a beginning. They think it's the Big Bang. We think it's God. We can get to that in a different episode. Um, he says the universe seems highly fine-tuned for life. Hmm. I think most creationists also agree that the mm -hmm. world is highly fine-tuned for life. I mean, you could talk about the Goldilocks. 
uh, position that the Earth is in. It's just right if it was any closer or further away, but I think, was it like three miles or something? It would be, it would either get too hot and burn up or get too cold and it would freeze. Whoa, yeah. I mean, it's, it's right there. Uh, the book is rooted in the concept of scientific determinism, which implies, quote, that there are no miracles or exceptions to the laws of nature. That would be page 34 of this book. Uh, now, let's define scientific determinism for you. Scientific determinism says that everything is caused by a previous natural event. Or there are no miracles or supernatural events. Everything is just the, re the reaction or cause of something else. This is a philosophical argument, not a scientific argument, because science cannot prove or disprove something. I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, science proves this, or science disproves this, whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, science cannot prove or disprove anything. Let me say that again. Science, by itself, Go ahead. cannot prove again. or disprove anything. Science gives us facts. It's up to us to interpret the facts using logic. And philosophy is a good, a good tool of logic that we can use to help Use the facts of science to figure out what actually happened. Uh, okay, scientific, the, the, the thought process or the philosophical logic of Stephen Hawking goes something like this in his book. He starts with the presupposition that scientific determinism is true. Okay, nothing is the cause of a supernatural event. All events in the world are the result of some natural cause. Okay, so that's, that's his first premise. Therefore, miracles do not happen. Everything's caused by natural laws, therefore miracles do not happen. Therefore, atheism is correct. Okay, a little bit of a jump there, but holding to the logic, that's fine. Uh, now, atheism is correct as a philosophical presupposition assertion because science cannot prove or disprove the thesis. Essentially, there's no source for it other than Hawking said so. Mm -hmm. Because atheism itself can't, can't prove or disprove something. It can show us what the natural laws are, how things work right now, but it doesn't necessarily show us how things came into being. And we've never been able to accurately represent that. We've never been able to recreate it in a lab. Yes, yeah. Also, why did it stop? That, that's a different issue. I'm not going there. Different episode. <laughs> different episode. That, that gets deep. All right, moving on. If atheism is correct and every cause is a reaction to the previous natural event, then Hawking's thoughts are also subject to this line of reasoning, reasoning and are hardly reliable. Correct? So if, his, if natural or if scientific determinism is true mm -hmm. and all reactions, causes, are the result of a natural cause, then his thoughts about that are in itself a natural reaction to a cause. So he's not freely thinking about this. It's just the result. Some of these conversations, it's ludicrous how we get to them using this line of logic. You wouldn't be able to question things unless the universe wanted you to question it. Mm -hmm. so this is almost like the universe wills something, therefore it will happen which I believe he's used before with the uh, laws of physics. The universe willed that there be gravity, therefore gravity exists. 
I'm no, I'm no science major. Yeah. I'm not a physicist. That sounds a little out there to me. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast with Joe Rogan um, where he's t- he was talking to a guy named uh, Eric Weinstein, a really popular physicist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Has like a had a podcast, I believe it was called The Portal. I literally listened to this yesterday. But he was talking about um, similar stuff as it pertains to like physics. So he was referring to gravity. He was referring to the concept of gravity. And... Um, I remember I was reading a book by, you know, Stephen, uh, Stephen Hawking's essentially where he's talking about how gravity is God in a way. And so for the physicists, from what I'm observing, it sounds like that's their perspective, that gravity itself is God. And you would hear that in the podcast oftentimes is they bring up this idea that like gravity is the thing that's like making everything move. So therefore it must be God. And or, so that's or, what I was getting at as it pertains okay. to the podcast. Okay. Or just natural laws by themselves. All laws of physics are the God exactly. that controls everything. Yes, yes. Okay, but then again, you have to ask, okay, where did that come from? And that's where they get uncomfortable. Right. That's where you're asking too many questions. Oh, exactly. You're, 100%. You're digging too deep. You're overthinking this. Yes. They, yes. Use, the, they use the line of um, Socratic thinking against itself to say, oh, well, we can't possibly know that unless we ask more questions. Yes. And like, you know, early, later in that podcast, he would go to kind of talk about, he would just mystify every aspect of his work mm-hmm. and it, into it lunacy starts, almost. It, yeah, it starts it, to just spin. Into conspiracy almost, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. But, okay, um, yeah. to go back over what Hawking said in his book, um, is, quote, the free will is just an illusion. Um, do we have reason to believe that objective reality exists? He claims no. There is no model independent concept of reality. So he says reality is essentially a social construct. We can't even believe what we're even seeing. Like we're in some simulation like the Matrix. Is the Matrix. God. Now, was he awake when he said that? Was he dreaming? Was he in reality when he said that? Who are you talking about? Stephen Hawking? Hawking. Where, um, where was he when he said this? Because I'm here, you're here, we're in reality. That's 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 a ludicrous statement to make. Yeah. He has to make it for his argument to work, but it, it's not logical because without uh, objective reality, which he claims cannot exist, you can't have science because science needs objective reality objective moral truth if, if everything's subjective you you can't have science which is the argument that he's making everything's subjective which he has to make that argument to make his theory work of you know uh what was his theory uh was he one of the i can't remember i believe he's one of the ones that also believed in the multiverse theory or popularized it even right and and to for his theory to work he has to think that way but a normal person looking at this is going if you turn that argument against itself, it doesn't make sense. It's self-defeating. Mm. You know, are, are we living in reality? We have to be or else that, it, that sentence in itself, that statement is subjective and is self-defeating. Right. That's yes. one of the things. If you ever get these hard questions from physicists or uh, even, even high-level astronomers, physicists, flip their questions on their head. Flip it backwards. You'll find a lot of times that they are self-defeating. This is along the lines, his, his, his claim that free will is just an illusion or that reality doesn't even exist, is along the lines of Immanuel Kant. Mm. 
you can't know the real world, which is another self-defeating statement. Yeah. If you can't know the real world, can you know that if you can't know the real world? Can you know that that statement is true? Mm-hmm. Can you know that anything that you know is true? That makes everything relative. And in our first episode, we talked about that. If everything is relative, everything falls apart. Right. You, you can't have any objective truths and you can't have logic. You can't have sciences. Well, the, the mystery of it kind of falls apart. I mean, it's certainly a mystery um, that some things can be relative, but then others can't be. I think well, opinions to, can be relative, but you can't base science or logic off of that. Yeah. Off of relativity. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, um, and we've talked about this on a couple occasions, but I get really caught up in the, I get caught up in the meta aspect of it a lot. And I think that, um, or the meta data, so to speak, mm-hmm. the data that kind of like folds in on itself. Mm-hmm. And when I see statements like this, it makes that metadata analysis in my head go off like the little spider sense of metadata where it's like oh what exactly might he be saying outside of the other aspects of what you're saying because what you're saying is like like you're saying like there's very subjective thinking that they're getting into they're Mm -hmm. using the data they're using the the logic incorrectly but notice they're still using the logic i think that's something that's really important um and it's just that ultimately what i see is that it's folding in on itself in this way it's really it's just kind of ironic that they're trying to use logic to make a point but then they're using they're like using it incorrectly to where it's actually creating more chaos yes they're using objective reality and the facts from objective reality to say that there is no objective reality which self-defeats yes and it does not follow logically right so all that to say there are essentially two options when discussing the origin of the universe. Either the universe had a creator or the universe did not have a creator. Which one sounds more logical to you guys based on the last episode and this episode? And uh, I believe Fred Hoyle, the astronomer, had a very good point, a very good quote. He had a question. It was, quote, if there is no God, why is there something rather than nothing? I think we'll leave you with that question. Yes. You're going to ask me? Oh, are you asking me? No, we'll leave the audience <laughs> oh. with that question. It's something, <laughs> something to ponder. Yes. Following all the logic that we've given you to this, up to this point. Now, granted, you may have to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. Episode one and then this episode. But if you really think about it, logically, it doesn't make sense. If there is, if either there is a God, if, if, if there is no God, why is there something rather than nothing? Why, why, why does the world exist? Right. That's all for now. Uh, thank you for listening to the Gospel Vanguard podcast. If you have questions or comments on today's episode, feel free to email us at thegospelvanguardpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe for more. And if you enjoyed it, leave us a good review. Have a blessed day.